Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by EducateForLife.org. This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you. What you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. And my website is educateforlife.org. Well, I wanted to talk about a uh, relatively controversial subject today. I got an article in my email uh, just a, a couple days ago, and the title of the article was, my father was gay, why I oppose legal, legalizing same-sex marriage. And I uh, clicked on the link. I wanted to see what this article was all about. And, you know, in the news right now, there are all kinds of uh, issues regarding uh, homosexuality, the definition of marriage, freedom of religion, uh, all kinds of very uh, controversial issues. And uh, a large part of the culture war that's going on in our country today is over this issue. And so I thought it was important. Uh, I'm an apologist, which means I defend the Bible. And uh, I, apologist comes from the word apologia, which is a Greek word meaning to defend. And I wanted to take the opportunity to uh, discuss the biblical view of homosexuality and just give clarification for those uh, both who are Bible-believing Christians and also those on the other side so that they can know where uh, we're coming from. Sometimes in this discussion, emotions run so hot that uh, what ends up happening is we end up missing one another. But this article that I got in my email was by Dawn Stefanowitz, and um, she talks about being raised uh, by a homosexual father. And she starts off the the article by saying, from infancy, infancy, I was unwittingly identified under the gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transsexual umbrella. During the first 30 years of my life, I garnered many personal, social, and professional experiences with my father, whom I always loved, and his partners. My father, a successful executive recruiter, taught me a strong business business ethic. Now, she goes on through the article. You can actually check it out if you like on the Daily Signal. But she goes on to talk about how this uh, upbringing uh, affected her and also talks about how uh, she was silenced into not talking in any derogatory way about homosexuality. But she finally decided that she needed to come out and talk about this because she has come to the conclusion that homosexual marriage is not a good thing. And she even says that her father would agree that homosexual marriage is not a good thing. And she talks about what's happened in Canada and so forth as an example. And in 1991, she says, my father died of AIDS. None of my father's partners or ex-partners are still alive. And that's pretty uh, heavy information. And it's important to understand where she's coming from because she has obviously insight that a lot of us don't have about this issue. Now, on April 28th, the U.S. Supreme Court is coming together to define marriage. They are actually going to uh, determine whether 
the, the, the definition of marriage is going to be decided by the states or whether the federal government should step in and make a decision about whether, uh, as a whole country, we should embrace the idea uh, that marriage can also be between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. Now, the history of this is relatively long. Uh, you may or may not know that uh, homosexuality itself was actually illegal in the U.S. up until 1961 is when Illinois first uh, legalized homosexuality. Uh, now, uh, that's not too long ago. It, it seems like that would be something that was a long time ago, but that wasn't too long ago. And then starting in 1970, the uh, homosexual marriage or not, I'm sorry, not homosexual marriage, but homosexuality began to be legalized state by state. And in 2003, the U.S. Supreme Court officially decided that uh, no state could ban uh, homosexuality or penalize homosexuality. So uh, this has all happened very recently. Now, uh, I want to get into specifically, well, I'm going to cover this both, both this week uh, this Sunday and also next Sunday. So here, April 19th and next Sunday also, I'm going to cover this issue and I'm going to approach it from a couple different angles. So we'll really uh, get a thorough understanding of this subject. Um, and I want to start with the Bible's position on this. And the reason I want to do this, uh, and I think it's appropriate, even for those who don't necessarily believe in the Bible, those who are non-believers, is to understand where the Bible is coming from. Uh, some people would say, hey, the Bible's position against homosexuality isn't really for any good reason. But is that really the case? Uh, is there a, a basis for being against homosexuality? And I, I often tell those I teach, I'm a, I'm a teacher also. I teach at a Christian high school, and I teach specifically apologetics. I've been doing that for around nine years, and I've dealt with this, this subject pretty extensively. And the reality is, is that as a a Bible-believing Christian, if I can't articulate an intelligent argument for why the Bible is opposed to homosexuality, I'm going to make the Bible look silly and potentially Jesus look silly, and I'm certainly going to look silly myself. If you're on a college campus and you say that uh, you are a Bible-believing Christian or that you oppose uh, homosexual marriage, people are going to look at you and, and you better have a real good answer or otherwise... Uh, in a lot of cases, they're going to treat you like you're some sort of a racist or something because uh, you hold the position you do against homosexual marriage. And I found that a lot of people can't articulate a good response to why the Bible is specifically opposed to homosexuality. <clears throat> so I want to start with uh, a verse that might not seem immediately relevant, and that is Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. It says here, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat, and he also gave some to his companions." Then he said to them, this is Jesus speaking here. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Now, what in the world does this have to do with the issue of homosexuality? Well, a lot of people uh, approach the issue of homosexuality and say the Bible says this for no good reason. And yet 
this verse clearly states here that God has a reason behind what he does and says. He's very logical. He's very rational. Um, he's not just arbitrary. And, you know, the what, what was happening in this particular situation is Jesus is walking along. His disciples are following him. And the Pharisees are following him, not because they, they like him, but because they want to bust him, because they want to get him in trouble. And... Uh, so they see his disciples picking heads of grain. They're basically having a snack and, uh, you know, like sunflower seeds or something, right? They're, they're having a snack and they say they're, they're working on the Sabbath. You can't pick heads of grain. They're working. How are they allowed to break the Sabbath like this? They're saying to, to Jesus. And, and then Jesus gives this illustration here about David in the old Testament breaking the law now because he was hungry. Now today, uh, many Jews operate, Orthodox Jews specifically operate that on the Sabbath, they can't turn on a light switch. They can't answer the phone. They can't drive their car. Uh, they can't walk a certain distance outside of their house. Uh, they have a, a tremendous amount of rules. They can't cook food on the Sabbath. They have to cook it the day before so that they have it available to eat on the Sabbath. And the question is, is this really what God intended when he set apart the Sabbath and said, on this day, you shall do no work. This is a day of rest. And I really don't think that is what God intended because what's happened is it's become more of a burden than a blessing, right? The original intent, uh, rather than Sabbath being a day on which you stumble around your house, uh, you, you can't eat much food, you can't go visit your friends and so forth and so on. Uh, the Sabbath was meant to be a day where when your employer called you up and said, hey, we've got a ton of work to get done here today. Come on in uh, to the office on your day off. Uh, you could say, you know what? I can't do that because I don't want to break the Sabbath. And so, so it was meant to be a blessing, not a curse. And instead, you could spend time with your family. You could rest. You could uh, go surfing. You could spend time worshiping the Lord, whatever it was that you wanted to do on that day. And you, ha you had a legitimate good reason to take a break, right? You could put the blame on God instead of you. Hey, I'd love to come in, uh, boss, but you know what? I, I got to, God told me I can't do this, you know? So that's what was for. And then Jesus says here in, in verse 27, Mark chapter two, verse 27, he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Then what is the point he's making? The point he's making is God didn't make a whole bunch of rules and say, I love my rules. Now I got to find somebody to follow those rules. What he did was he made a bunch of people and he said, I got to make some rules because I love those people. I want to help them avoid pain and suffering. And when it comes down to it, this is how we have to look at the issue of homosexuality in light of this, this scripture, this understanding here. Now, uh, some people have said, you know, the only reason that, that uh, God is not really opposed to homosexuality, what he's really opposed to is people being unfaithful to, to one another or to pro promiscuity. Sodom and Gomorrah weren't destroyed because of the issue of homosexuality. What they were destroyed for was because these guys were being selfish and uh, evil. They were attempting to take advantage of Lot, Lot's daughters and the angels, and they were not being uh, in, in faithful monogamous relationships. And some people have said, so God is not opposed to homosexuality. He's opposed to that lack of fidelity, that lack of faithfulness. And is that really a legitimate claim? Well, when we come back, we're going to deal specifically with this issue. And I'm going to show you a couple verses, a few verses here to, to decide, is that really a legitimate argument regarding the Bible? Because there are a lot of people, Presbyterian Church USA today, 
uh, largest Presbyterian denomination, over 2 million members, ordains homosexual pastors. And uh, how do they do that in light of the biblical admonition against homosexuality? That's the big question. So when we come back, we're going to answer these questions and we'll get a lot more into this, into uh, all the issues surrounding uh, the definition of marriage, homosexuality, freedom of religion, uh, and all this stuff that's happening in our culture today. Uh, people losing jobs and so forth over the issue of homosexuality or their opinions about the issue of homosexuality. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. AM 1170, The Answer, on iHeartRadio, free, 24-7. Take AM 1170, The Answer, with you everywhere. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org, where you can listen to this show. Uh, to a recording of the show, and you can also listen to previous shows. Thanks for being with us today. If you're just tuning in, we are discussing everything that's happening regarding uh, the upcoming April 28th U.S. Supreme Court decision where they're going to decide, this is a gigantic decision, maybe maybe one of the largest, uh, most significant, influential Supreme Court decisions is going to take place on April 28th. And that is whether the states have the right to define marriage, as uh, has historically been the case in the United States, or whether all states have to have to will be mandated on how they interpret marriage, and that's specifically whether same-sex marriage there's a right to same-sex marriage in the Constitution. Very very significant uh, situation happening there. So we're discussing all the surrounding issues, the peripheral issues, as well as that specific issue. We'll be talking about that this week and next week also. <clears throat> So when we left off, I was talking about whether or not uh, there is a legitimate uh, claim that Scripture does not specifically teach against homosexuality, but that it actually is okay with it as long as uh, uh, a man and a man are faithful to one another or a woman and a woman are faithful to, to one another. Is that really true? Uh, well, we're going to tackle this head on. Leviticus 18.22 says, do not have sexual relations with a man as one does a wo with a woman. That is detestable. Now, very difficult to get around that scripture. It's very specific, very clear. Leviticus 20.13 says, if a man has sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable. They are to be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. Gosh. It's hard to even read that in today's culture. Seems a little extreme, God. What happened to all the love your neighbor, you know, as yourself and and uh, lay down your life for your friends and love your enemies. And here we have these uh, very harsh, what seem to be very harsh laws. Now, keep in mind that this is Jewish civil law. Essentially what it is, is it's government law. Just like we have government law today, this was the Jewish civil law. Now, the common response to these 
to these laws is Old Testament law no longer applies. And if you're going to say that homosexuality is wrong, well, then why don't you be consistent and also not eat lobster? Because the Old Testament law says don't eat lobster. It says don't eat fat, right? So, you know, don't eat fat. It says don't blend two different types of material together. So, you know, why are you doing that? So if you're going to if you're going to embrace one law specifically regarding homosexuality, then, you know, it also says that adulterers are to be stoned. So are you planning on uh, outlawing adultery and and uh, enacting very harsh, extreme punishments for adultery? And if not, well, you're not being consistent. You know, that's a that's a uh, interesting point that people bring up. But let's read Le- Leviticus 18, 21, 22, and 23. These are the two, two verses surrounding that middle verse there. It says, Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Molech, for you must not profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And then 22, which is the one on homosexuality, says, Do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with, with a woman. That is detestable. And then in 23 it says, Do not have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is a perversion. Now, here's the problem with the rationale uh, of uh, Old Testament law no longer applies. If, If you use that as your basis, well, does that mean that child sacrifice is now okay? Or does that mean that, uh, sexual relations with an animal is okay? Well, of course not. Uh, I'm asking a rhetorical question. Of course that's not okay. And so by the same method, we can't just say uh, this, this Levitical law doesn't apply simply because it's Old Testament law. Now, of course, we're not asking for Jewish civil law to be applied to the U.S. We live under the Constitution, uh, our government. So how does this relate? Well, it does help us to go look at it and go, why did they have those laws? Because God doesn't just make arbitrary laws. What were the reasons behind those? But beyond that, let's move to the New Testament because in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, it says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, some people have said, you know, you're so uh, upset about this issue of homosexuality. Why aren't you just as upset about the issue or why don't, why don't Christians uh, get in, into such a uh, offensive against, for example, divorce? And you know what? I, I think there's a lot of a validity to that, to that claim. I think Christians should be working hard to help marriages stay together working hard to enact laws that encourages long-term marriages that helps people to avoid divorce. Uh, Divorce is one of the primary causes of many social problems in the U S in fact, there's a direct correlation between the rates of divorce and rates of crime. So when we see divorce increase, we see teen pregnancy go up. When we see divorce increase, we see uh, gang activity go up. Uh, This is because when a child doesn't have the mother and father in the home supervising them as a team, well, that kid ends up being unsupervised very often. And the, the cliche, idle, idle hands are the devil's workshop, well, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, and, and we all know that. There's plenty of evidence that that's the case. So I'm not saying that we should uh, oppose homosexuality I- exclusively. No, not at all. Um, we should be uh, helping people to avoid Divorce, avoid adultery, 
avoid uh, all forms of sexual immorality. Uh, these things will only make our country better. We'll, we'll bring more peace, more happiness, more joy to more people. Romans chapter 1 says, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Now, again, um, I'm not saying that I'm, uh, at this point in time in the show, I'm not proving to you that the Bible's position on homosexuality is correct. What I'm demonstrating is that the Bible does have this position on homosexuality. Now, somebody might ask, well, then how do you have churches like the Presbyterian Church USA, which ordain homosexual pastors? Well, the Presbyterian Church USA also denies inerrancy and the infallibility of the scriptures. What that means is they, they believe the Bible has errors. And so what they do is they pick and choose the scriptures they like, and they just pass over the ones they don't like. And they look at the, the Bible as kind of a self-help book versus God's inspired word. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that the Bible really falls apart when we begin to pick and choose what we like about the Bible. And the Bible actually calls this idolatry. It's making God who you want him to be rather than who he is making him who you want to be rather than who he says he is. Now, of course, I know there's plenty of listeners out there who, who may be saying to themselves, yeah, but I don't believe the Bible is the word of God, or how do I know the Bible is the word of God? And that's an important question. And I think everybody owes it to themselves to take time to examine the claims of scripture and how we know it's the word of God. There's plenty of evidence that that's the case. And it's a worthwhile investigation. Why? Because it makes claims about reality that affect not just this life, but the next life. And so we all are going to have to face ultimately our death. And so that being the case, it's something we should look into what's going to happen after I die. It's worth our time, right? We spend a lot of time figuring out, my students spend a lot of time figuring out what college they're going to go to, what career they want, right? They take all these uh, career aptitude tests. People take all these personality assessments. We do all this research on buying the right home and, and on living in the right place and what school our kids should go to. Well, shouldn't we take the time to explore what happens after we die and what is the purpose of life and what is, where did I come from? These are powerful questions that we all should be taking the time to look into. Why, why should we be taking that time? Because there's no way around death. One out of every one person dies, right? And so because of that, because it's inevitable, um, we should all be taking the time. That's, that's a very, very important question. And it's not a, it's not a question asked in vain, and it's not research done in vain. Um, you can come to the truth, to, to good conclusions about the afterlife. It's not something that is on blind faith that you, you just kind of arbitrarily choose what suits you. No, there's plenty of evidence for what the truth is. And that's really what my organization is all about. Educateforlife.org. We have lots of classes on there helping people to make an informed, intelligent decision about their worldview, their perspective on reality. Does God exist? What evidence do I have for that? Which God is the right God, right? So those are important questions. Now, back to the issue of homosexuality. Um, clearly, the only way to get around 
the Bible's admonition against homosexuality is to skip over those verses and say, I'm just going to ignore those verses. If we take the Bible as a whole, it's very clear that the Bible is opposed to homosexuality. Now, um, we want to get into the question of why the Bible is opposed to homosexuality, because that this the answer to this question will help us show others that the Bible is a credible book, that it's not just some arbitrary rules made up by people who lived thousands of years ago uh, who just happened not to like homosexuality. When we come back, we're going to get into details on why the Bible is opposed to homosexuality. Now, I want to be very clear. As a Christian, I love those who are living the homosexual lifestyle. I am concerned about them. I am not against them. I am for them. And so when I share this stuff, uh, I, I want to be very clear. It, it can be a very emotionally charged issue. Issue People take it very personally. But I want to be very clear that I'm not opposed to homosexuality sexuality just uh, for that for, for that reason I'm opposed to it because of the consequences of the lifestyle and so when we get back we'll jump right into this and uh, I hope it's a, a blessing to you and uh, enlightening okay don't go away we'll be right back Wake up, America. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and it's not your fault. And the guilt, frustration, and pain. Stop dieting, starving, and depriving yourself. Free yourself from the bondage of feeling trapped in your body. Forgive yourself. Achieve permanent weight loss with healing foods. You can love food again. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD, Your Body is a Divine Miracle. Learn how to activate the miracle. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Need more fodder while arguing with your liberal friends? We've got you covered. AM 1170, The Answer. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. I hope you can tune in every Sunday. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. And you can listen to a recording of this show. It'll be up. Uh, right after on Monday after Sunday and uh, you can also listen to previous recordings I've had uh, so far on the show had a a bunch of guests in the recent uh, weeks here had uh, Dr. Sean McDowell on the show had uh, Mark Tabor uh, on the Chaldean Christians uh, suffering in Iraq recently had uh, Dr. Clay Jones on the show talking about evidence for the truth of the resurrection and uh, and also had astrophysicist Dr. Jason Lyle. Some very, very interesting shows. Uh, we are soon going to be having some shows, of, a four series of shows on archaeology and the Bible, starting way, way in the back, looking at uh, the evidences for the truth of the Bible. That'll be coming up in a, in a few weeks here. In the meantime, if you're just tuning in, we are actually talking about the issue of homosexuality in light of the Supreme Court case coming up on April 28th. Huge case coming up where they are going to define or potentially not define marriage uh, as potentially between a man and a man and a woman and a woman or a man and a woman. They are going to decide whether the states get to choose what the definition of marriage is or whether the federal government is going to uh, define marriage for all the states all at once. This is going to be on April 28th is when they will have their discussion about this decision. I believe will not be made until around June. So keep us in suspense, a huge decision. Now um, I left off talking about uh, that. The Bible is very clearly opposed to homosexuality. If we take it as it, it's written, but 
I didn't get into why the Bible is opposed to homosexuality, and that's what I want to do now. Before we do that, though, I want to just tell you, you know, I was coming out of Target a, a while back, and as I was walking, my wife and I were walking out of Target, and um, as we were walking out, there was a lady standing there uh, with a clipboard, and she said to me, uh, would you like to sign this petition uh, uh, supporting uh, same-sex marriage, equality in marriage, right? And I said, uh, no, I, I don't want to do that. And she said, why not? And I said, well, I'm really not for homosexual marriage. I'm actually, uh, I, 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 I oppose that. And, and she said, well, why, why is that? And, and, and uh, can we talk about it? And I looked at my wife and uh, she kind of rolled her eyes and she said, fine. And she walked off to the car and I, I had a 45 minute discussion with, with uh, this woman and she was a, a nice woman. She was um, a lesbian. She was homosexual. And she, she we had a, a very intense discussion and she brought up a lot of good points, but there are many good points in the other direction. And so at the end of the discussion, I said to her, Hey, I don't want to walk away with you feeling like I don't like you. And she said, she said, uh, I said, do you feel like I don't like you? And, and she said, no, I don't feel like that at all. And, and I said, well, good. I, I was hoping that was, that would be your answer. And, and I want you to know that God loves you and I love you too. And, uh, I asked her if I could give her a hug and, and, uh, I gave her a hug and I, I want to be very clear that as we're having this discussion, uh, it gets very emotional and people tend to take it so personally that they can't hear the arguments anymore, the discussion. They can't hear the intellectual uh, position because their emotions have become uh, so heated. And I want to encourage you to try to look at this uh, as objectively as possible. What I'm going to share with you now, even if we didn't have the Bible, let's say, let's say the Bible wasn't a part of this discussion whatsoever. Let's say uh, I wasn't a Christian. Let's say I was just a uh, you know, uh, just, just some, you know, person, uh, not a Christian and that wasn't specifically opposed to homosexuality, but we just looked at the consequences of living the homosexual lifestyle. Um, how would you respond to it? Just knowing the facts about it. Let me share with you some of these, uh, a big question we have to ask obviously has to do with, uh, the HIV AIDS and the relationship it has to homosexuality. Now, people think often that there is a higher percentage of people who are homosexual than there actually are. Only about one to three percent of the U.S. population is homosexual. And this has been pretty steady since around the 1970s. It's been uh, pretty consistent. Hasn't been an increase or a decrease, really, uh, as far as I understand it and the research I've done. Now, uh, there were studies done in the past where it looked like about 10% of the population was homosexual. This was done by a guy by the name of Kinsey. And he um, didn't tell people, though, that he did his study in prison, uh, among prison inmates. And he didn't specifically ask them whether they were homosexual or not. He asked them uh, whether they had had homosexual contact. And so his results were skewed. And, uh, but the real percentage is around 1% to 3%. Now, today... Um, 60% of all positive HIV tests are found in homosexual men. Now compare this with heterosexuals. Uh, you have about 15% of all positive HIV tests are due to heterosexual contact. And that, that's from the public health agency of Canada. Uh, it's their November, 2004, uh, study. Now m many studies have been done on this. 
Uh, other studies have come up with uh, maybe 61% estimates of new HIV infections in the U.S., a study done in 2009, a plus one study, and 27% were by heterosexuals. Now, that missing percentage there uh, is uh, intravenous drug use, uh, dirty needles causing the rest of the HIV AIDS. Now, what's amazing about this stat is that although heterosexuals make up 98% of the population, they only make up 15 to 27% of the HIV. Homosexuals, on the other other hand, only make up around 2% of the population, but account for 60% of all new HIV AIDS cases. And the big question is why? On July 3rd, 1981, the New York Times' first article about AIDS was headlined, Rare Cancer Seen in 41 Homosexuals. This was the very first article published by the New York Times on the issue of AIDS, and it was directly found in 41 young male homosexuals. The cancer was Kaposi's sarcoma, and until that point, it had never been found in young men before. Now, right around 1977 is when homosexual, uh, I'm sorry, uh, HIV AIDS was first discovered in America. Keep in mind that um, homosexuality was legalized around 1970 for the first time in a group of states. The very first state was 1961 in Illinois, but 1970. So we can see the progression here, the ripple effect as we hit 1977. Now the FDA, uh, the Federal Drug Administration, which of course is not uh, biased against homosexuals, uh, says current Food and Drug Administration policy recommends that men who have had sex with another man even one time since 1977 should be deferred indefinitely from donating blood. So what they're saying is even one time since 1977, you should not be allowed to donate blood. And this is because there's such a high prevalence of HIV among male homosexuals. Now, people have actually tried to get this to be changed because they say, look, we can test for HIV. Why don't you test me for HIV? And then um, you'll see I don't have HIV and then I can donate blood. And if I do, I can't. But the problem is, is that our technology, our, our ability to test a person is not good enough to uh, get uh, uh, identify HIV AIDS at its very earliest stages. And so this has being, been upheld, uh, the FDA's position on donating blood. In fact, the Food and Drug Administration has found that men who have sex with men are the largest single group of blood donors found HIV positive. There is no group with a larger percentage of those that are HIV positive. AIDS remains the fifth leading cause of death among those aged 26 to 44. And again, 60% of new cases are contracted by men who have sex with men. That's from the American Psychological Association, their practical guidelines for the treatment of patients with HIV AIDS, epidemiology, excuse me. And uh, the APA is not a Christian organization, not not in the least. It's actually kind of anti-Christian, you could could argue. Uh, It is pro-homosexual. In 2010, 80% of all new HIV AIDS cases were by men who have sex with men. Uh, and, and that is, uh, these are facts you can look up for yourself. You can do your research, easily accessible on the web. Uh, and so when somebody says the Bible is opposed to homosexuality for no good reason, well, obviously that's not the case. Clearly there's a difference here. This is a dramatic difference in the rates of HIV AIDS between heterosexuals and homosexuals. Now, Again, I want to be very clear. I am not trying to condemn 
somebody who's homosexual. Um, I hope you're aware of these facts and you live your life in a way that helps you to avoid these circumstances. But I think it's important that people are made aware. And what I, I feel has happened in our culture is because of political correctness, because of the need uh, or, or the fear of rejection, if these facts are known, these facts have been suppressed. So what's happened is the, the media, uh, the culture, TV shows, movies, even the government is has done this thing where they're suppressing the facts about the connection between homosexuality and HIV AIDS. And sadly, this is leading to the death, painful death of many people who maybe if they had known these facts ahead of time would have decided I'm going to do more to avoid this particular lifestyle. Or maybe they would have said, um, I'm still going to, uh, you know, call myself a homosexual, but I'm going to, I'm going to be more careful about the way I live. And I think it's a disgrace that for political ends or to remain popular, uh, this information has been silenced by uh, huge numbers of people who say, look, let's just not let this information get out because we want uh, to be popular. We want to be accepted. Uh, that's not a worthy goal. When we come back, we'll continue this discussion, uh, checking out the connection between homosexuality and uh, what it does to a person's life, how it affects them, um, not just physically, but also uh, socially and uh, mentally. Okay, we'll be right back. Don't go away. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Wake up, America. Diets don't work. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and most of us have dutifully dieted our way there. Research indicates the average woman spends 17 years of her life on a diet. Stop dieting. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Activate the miracle and lose weight permanently with healing foods. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. AM 1170, The Answer, on iHeartRadio, free, 24-7. Take AM 1170, The Answer, with you everywhere. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego, every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. Love to have you join us every Sunday. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org, where you can listen to a recording of this message, and you can also listen to past shows. Thanks for being with us here today. What we're talking about is a very controversial issue. Uh, what is all over the country we're dealing with, uh, the issue of religious freedom and, uh, and what's happening with the issue of homosexuality, uh, the freedom to marry, uh, right? Uh, homosexuals, same-sex marriage, want to be able to marry. And we're seeing uh, all kinds of fallout. There's a huge controversy right now over the uh, bishop Catholic bishop up in San Francisco, people calling for his resignation because of his hard uh, stance against uh, homosexuality. We see that uh, the fire chief, Kelvin Cochran, in Atlanta, Georgia, was fired for writing a few sentences about homosexuality in, uh, on his personal time in a, a, man, a men's Bible devotional that he was 
uh, writing. We see the florist up in Washington who was recently um, sued by the Washington state attorney and not sued just for her business, but also for her, her, her personal home uh, to take that away after 30 or 40 years as a florist, older woman. And she wouldn't do a, do the, the flowers for a same sex wedding ceremony. And she was uh, sued by the attorney, the, the state attorney general uh, for that action. So we're seeing all kinds of, uh, of stuff happening all over the country. The biggest thing is April 28th, the U S Supreme court is going to decide on the issue of marriage. And so I thought it would be appropriate to talk about this today. Right now, what I'm talking about is specifically defending the Bible's position against homosexuality. Uh, is there a justification for the Bible's position that homosexuality is a sin or is that something that, uh, you know, the Bible is mistaken on and therefore was written by man and not by God. <clears throat> well, if you were listening in at, to the last segment, I talked about uh, AIDS and what a uh, travesty it is and what uh, it's done to uh, people's lives. 60% of all new HIV AIDS cases are among uh, male homosexuals. And ac- according to uh, Narth.com, um, an estimated 30%, this is Jeffrey Satinover, who is an expert on the issue of, of uh, sexual identity and, and gender identity, an estimated 30% of all 20-year-old homosexual men will be HIV positive or dead by the age of 30. Now, you have people like Chris uh, from Glee, who is homosexual, Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory, who is also homosexual, and I wonder if they know about uh, what this lifestyle does to a person. Do they realize uh, the, the stats on this kind of stuff? That if a, a young man begins to engage in the homosexual lifestyle at the age of 20, there is a one in three chance that he will be dead or HIV positive by 30. And I wonder how many young people in high schools today would turn away from that lifestyle if they knew those stats. Uh, I don't think people know these stats. I know, I know a lot of people don't know these stats. Uh, you can actually go to the Gay and Lesbian Medical Association's website. They actually list things that gay men should be concerned about. And in there, they talk about uh, high rates of, of certain STDs, depression, anxiety, hepatitis, substance use, uh, particular kinds of cancer. They talk about the fact that homosexual men have to deal with these things at a higher rate. You know, I used to be um, an apartment manager uh, quite a while ago, maybe 15 years ago. I was an apart- on-site apartment manager in Hillcrest. My wife and I were. And every time somebody would come to the door... To turn in the rent, I would offer to pray for them. And there was one gentleman who came to the door. And most of the time, a lot of people, they wouldn't ask for any prayer. But this guy said, yeah, I do have something that I need prayer for. He was probably around 25, 26 years old. And um, I said, what's going on? He said, yesterday, one of my friends died of AIDS. And uh, he was uh, homosexual. And I prayed for him, and then afterwards I asked him, how many of your friends have died of AIDS? He said, I have 12 personal friends who have died of AIDS. I just can't imagine that. Um, Of course you're going to have an increased amount of depression and anxiety when you have friends dying under those circumstances, when you have to deal with STDs that many other people will never have to deal with. And, you know, when I was... When I was in high school, uh, my youth pastor had a guy with AIDS come to the youth group and 
he brought in a trash bag filled with all the medications he took every month. He said, I, I have to take all of this every month just to survive and just to manage my pain. And uh, the cost to manage uh, the medications is somewhere around $1,500 per month uh, to deal with all that that's going on, uh, struggling with HIV AIDS and so forth and so on. <clears throat> but it's not just HIV AIDS that is prevalent among the homosexual community. Another disease which is very deadly is syphilis. And the Washington Times reported in 2008 that the rates of syphilis are on the rise. And 60% of all new syphilis cases are among male homosexuals. So, uh, again, everybody should be concerned about this and concerned about it not getting out. And I think one of my big, big questions is, you know, in July 2011, California Governor Jerry Brown, he signed a gay studies into law requiring that all public schools from kindergarten to 12th grade teach that homosexuality is just as healthy and normal as heterosexuality. That's state law in California. And yet the question is, and by the way, you're not allowed to say anything negative regarding homosexuality. And that includes the health consequences that are negative about homosexuality. Now, I don't know how many teachers are going to abide by that, but I know there's teachers out there right now that are dealing with this, that it's on the books that they're supposed to be teaching that homosexuality is normal. And yet, and yet um, it is incredibly unhealthy compared to heterosexuality. Now, I know that a lot of people are, uh, some of the questions that are going on in people's minds are, well, why did God make me this way, right? Um, if this is a sin, then why did I have no choice in the matter? And that's a significant question also. That's a, that's a very important question to ask is, uh, what is the cause of homosexuality? And why is it that if homosexuality, as those typically on the right, uh, conservative Christians believe, why is it, it, that it that if homosexuality is a choice, why are there so many homosexuals that want to change but can't change? If you've done any research on this, you know that people like Michael Bussey, who was the, one of the founders of a, a program that was meant to help people get out of homosexuality. He himself was a homosexual, but ultimately ended up deciding, you know what, you can't change. And, and so the question is, and he wanted to change, right? But the question is, if it is a choice, and if God, quote, didn't make me that way, right, then why is it that I have such a hard time changing? And what's caused a person to, be, to say, I've been like this ever since I was a kid. This is, I have always had these feelings. And those are significant questions, which I am going to cover. I don't think we're going to get to all these questions this week because we're running out of time. But next week, next Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m., we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, I don't want to end the show just yet. We still have a few minutes, but... Uh, According to the International Journal of Epidemiology, multiple studies have confirmed that homosexual conduct is more hazardous to one's health than a lifetime of chain smoking. Smoking takes two to ten years off a person's life expectancy, whereas homosexual conduct takes eight to twenty years, more than twice that of smoking. Now, what's interesting is that with smoking, right, in California especially, you can't smoke indoors. Uh, you have warnings on all cigarette packages. Uh, you cannot advertise cigarettes on the TV. Uh, that's the law. And so we have all these restrictions on smoking, and yet homosexual, male homosexual conduct is more dangerous 
than chain smoking. Uh, that seems a little hypocritical to me. And it makes me wonder whether people are, are arguing for the acceptance of homosexuality um, merely because they have maybe ulterior motives. I, I just don't understand why somebody would argue for this without at least giving people the full picture so that they can make an informed decision about how they want to live. <clears throat> I don't think that's right. Uh, according to one report, the risk of, of particular cancers rises by an astounding 4,000%. And, and for those engaging in homosexual intercourse, that is a 400 times chance of getting particular types of cancer over a heterosexual male. The New York times reported in 2012, that uh, a rise in unprotected sex by gay men spurs HIV f fears. <clears throat> Says here, federal health officials are reporting a sharp increase in unprotected sex among gay American men, a development that makes it harder to fight the AIDS epidemic. The same trend has recently been documented among gay men in Canada, Britain, the Netherlands, France, and Australia, heightening concerns among public health officials worldwide. This problem, these problems aren't going away. They're actually getting worse. With, with more acceptance of homosexuality, these problems seem to be increasing, not decreasing. So I hope this show has been helpful to you. I hope it's been enlightening. Um, we're going to continue this discussion next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Kevin Conover. Uh, we're on AM 1170, The Answer, every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. You can stream us online, am1170theanswer.com. You can also visit, visit my website, educateforlife.org, for uh, recordings of this show and previous shows. Uh, I hope that you are, are blessed. I hope you know that God loves you and uh, that God is not opposed to the homosexual lifestyle for any other reason other than that he loves people and he wants to see them blessed and live happy and healthy lives. Okay, have a fantastic evening. See you next week. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170. The answer. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more. Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by educateforlife.org.